Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, June 12th, 2016. Hey there, FC, what's up? It's Bobby here. Don't mind that creaking sound in the background. That's just a kitten playing with something. Before we get to the sermon, I wanted to let you know that we will have the I Heart My Church shirts and Casey's book, Perfectly Weak, for sale in the lobby on Sunday. So if you want to be cool and have one, uh, this will be your chance to get one. Also, remember to be praying for our kids at camp this week. They're gone right now. They'll be back on Thursday, which means FC Kids parents date week yeah have a good time don't forget to pick them up also have you got any feedback on this podcast what would you like to hear in it is there anything that would give you a better midweek pickup or make it more fun if so hit us up at foundationschurch.tv and let us know we've got plans for a slew of new content for the six days between sunday and we wanted to serve you where you are so without any further ado i humbly present our pastor Justin graves Oh, come on, FC. Give him some love. They just pulled off some Alan Jackson. Maybe next week we do Way Down Yonder on the Chattahoochee. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, this could be fun today. If you are new to Foundations Church, we are glad that you are here. If this is your first Sunday, we are knee-deep in redneck today. Um, and so if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it to you. I don't have the time. Um, it just... Misses translation a little bit. A couple of announcements real quick before we get going into the message. Um, we are selling I Heart My Shirt. I mean my church. I Heart My Church t-shirts today um, with the name on the back, Foundation Church. Um, let me say, we, when I say we, I was a little overzealous and we ordered a ton of these. And so buy two, 10. Um, you can cut the sleeves off. You can go all redneck. Um, but I will say this. We have a lady in our church that went to Costco. Some of you are like, yes, the new Costco. Um, all excited about it. She wore this to Costco, and she said it took her an hour to get out of Costco because everybody was asking her about her church. That's why we made these shirts, is so that it makes it super easy for you to talk about your church to other people. So get it, it's not a janky, nasty, cheap t-shirt, okay? Because we don't believe, that we believe that's of the devil here at Foundations Church. So it's good, it's comfortable, it's soft. Um, it doesn't shrink like, they don't come up to here after you wash it one time. Um, so grab these, wear them, make sure you're nice when you wear them, um, put your Sunday face on, um, and you know, the, all that's going good. And then uh, lastly, my wife wrote a book and we had her book launch on Monday and super, super proud of her. And we know that a lot of you weren't able to come and asked, can you still buy the book? And the answer is yes, she will be signed. We have an author here today, Foundation Church. We are big time. 
Um, but she's gonna be in the lobby selling her book. I will tell you, get one, get 10, whatever. Um, it's a really great book. For those that have read it, I'm not just saying that. It's a really great book, and it's an easy read. It's not like a Harry Potter novel, and I know I just said Harry Potter. Some of you are about to leave, um, but it's, it's an easy read. It's a great book, so grab one, um, especially with all of us taken, and it's just part of summer, summer vacations, all that stuff. Grab you one, and it's a great read. Today, we are in the second week of Redneck, and I'm going to tell you the title towards the end because it has to do with our sermon, but we're going to get right into uh, the scriptures today, and if you like scriptures, I will tell you this much, you will love today's message. It is all for you. Um, Today we're going to open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to be reading out of verses 6 and 7, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. It says this, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. And I want to stop here just for a second. Uh, this, this scripture, this, this whole thing is so, so, so applicable of what we are trying to accomplish here at Foundation Church. Um, we think coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, to go from being a mess to, man, you've accepted Jesus Christ in your, in your heart as your Lord and Savior. No matter how big your mess is, we know that he's able and he uh, specializes in bringing a message and a purpose out of your mess. We think meeting Jesus should be really easy. We don't think it should be complicated to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. To make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior should be one of the easiest things for you to do, to ask him into your heart and to your life. It shouldn't be all these hoops you have to jump through. Now, with that being said, once you do that, there's next steps. You have a next step. All of us in this place, we have a next step. And we believe that changing equals growing. And that's what this scripture, if you put the scripture back up there, that's what this scripture is saying. Now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, now you must continue to follow him. Now you've got to be purposeful. Now it's easy to accept him as your Lord and Savior, but now you've got to be intentional about following him. That's, that's where a lot of us mess up. That's where a lot of us, we miss it. We don't continue to follow him. And it says this in verse seven, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. It's saying be grounded in Christ. And that means I can't be living my life the way I used to live it, but now I'm, I'm intentionally making a decision to follow after him and to build my life not on my feelings, not on my emotions, but on the word of God. That I am following him every day. That my life is being built on him. And it says this, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Once you start following, you've, you've accepted Jesus Christ, and now we take the next step, and growing equals changing. Now, after all this, and I, I continue to follow after Christ's ways, according to Paul, now, now my faith can be made strong, and I can be a televangelist. Um, you know, I, now my faith can be made strong. Strong. And today I want to talk to you about faith. 
I want to talk to you about faith. And here's the deal. As we get ready to get into this, when I say the word faith, a lot of you already have a preconceived idea of what faith is. Or you think I'm getting ready to say something crazy because you've heard what some uh, uh, misrepresentation of what faith is. Uh, we've heard teachings, and some of them have been in this city, some of them have been around the nation, but we've heard teachings that real faith, real faith is name it, claim it. You know, that if you don't have that mansion that you've been praying for, you don't have enough faith. If you haven't been healed in this place, you don't have enough faith. And let me tell you this, um, and a very, that's a bunch of bull. That's a bunch of garbage. It's just not true. It's just, faith is not getting what you want when you want it. That's called being an American. That, that's not called being a, that's, that's not faith. That, that's not faith. I, I'll tell you, this morning, I almost tapped our youth pastor, our youth director, Michael, to preach because I, I, I'm starting to feel my age all of a sudden. Like everybody said, when you hit 40, you're going to start feeling aches and pains you haven't. Well, Wednesday, I pulled my back, my back muscles, um, like I don't even know how. And then yesterday, I'm twirling my girls in a tube in the pool before some kid pukes in the pool. Ah! Are you serious? Um, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Um, but, which everybody was done. But I was like, it was like Caddyshack. Everybody's like, oh, get out of the pool. I just dated myself just now. Um, but I, I'm twirling around and I pull a muscle in my back again. And I mean, I, faith, faith is not saying, well, you haven't prayed hard enough for God to heal your back. No, I'm on four ibuprofen up here. I am feeling good, you know, um, it's not that I don't have faith, it's just God has a different <laughs> means of treating it in a different way that he wants to go about it. Let me tell you, that's not what faith is. And today, in our message in Redneck, I want to talk to you about what is faith. What does it look like and what is it? And the first thing I will tell you is this, is that faith is getting in the wheelbarrow. Faith is getting in the wheelbarrow. There's a, a, a tightroper from France called Charles Blondin, and I'm pretty sure anytime he talked, he went, oh, you know, um, uh, he just, because that's what French people do. If you're from France, we're glad you're here. We're not prejudiced in any way. Um, we're just glad you're here. But he, uh, it was way back in the days before TV, um, just newspaper, and he did all kinds of different thrill events where crowds would come out and the media would come and cover it. And Charles Blondin was famous for walking across Niagara Falls. And at one point, um, he had already walked over on a tightrope, Niagara Falls, and he comes up and all the people are waiting. He's got the tightrope across Niagara Falls again and everybody's going crazy like, yeah, ho, 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 you know, the flying Frenchman is here. I don't know if that was his nickname, but it is now. And, you know, they're like, Charles, Charles. And he comes up and he's like, do you think I could walk across Niagara Falls? And everybody's like, Whoa. Yes, we believe you can 
walk across Niagara Falls. And then he gets this wheelbarrow and he says, do you believe I can walk across Niagara Falls with this wheelbarrow? And everybody's, yeah, you know, and I mean, guys are going crazy and just, yes, you can, you can do it, you can do it, you know. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Charles Blondin points to one of the guys going crazy and nuts. And he goes, then you get in the wheelbarrow. And the guy like made a quick exit and was like, I'll see you later. You know, just like you know you would too. I would. I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I think you can do it. I think you're capable of it, but I'm not sure about uh, you actually being able to do it. Can I tell you, that's our faith. That's where a lot of us are. Is that we know God is capable, but we don't really believe it. We know God's capable of things, but we really don't believe it yet. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Let me read this one more time. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Do you know you and I practice faith every day? Every day when you get up in the morning and you hit the light switch, you can't see the electricity surge from the light switch to your light bulbs, but you have confidence that by turning on and flicking the light switch that the lights are gonna come on. The thing that you are hoping to happen is actually happening. For most of us, when we leave this place, you're gonna get in your car and you're gonna put your key in the transmission and you are hoping that your car starts if it doesn't start, you get mad. You, you have, there's problems, you know, and you're like, stupid car, I hate you. You know, um, God help me with my attitude. And, and you get in the car and you're hoping, you're, you're twisting, you're turning it, but you are expecting that that car starts. You can't see how it's starting, but you have confidence in that it will start. You, you're practicing faith. You know that it's capable of happening and you're believing that it's gonna happen. When you guys just sat down, I didn't see anybody look at the chairs like this. I don't, I don't know, you know, and you didn't, you didn't just gingerly sit down. No, 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 no. Faith is not just believing that this can hold my weight. Faith is getting in the wheelbarrow. Faith is sitting in the chair. Now I have faith. And do you know what the scary thing is for, I would say probably 99% of us, is that we have more faith in a chair than we do our Savior. We know a chair is dependable, but sometimes, sometimes we're not so sure about the Savior we serve. And can I tell you where, where I struggle, where, where, where a lot of us struggle at? It isn't that, that we don't have Faith, we just don't have faith and confidence when it comes to us. I'm great at praying when other people are in the wheelbarrow. 
praying and believing and having faith. Oh man, that wheelbarrow, Jesus is going to get you on the other side. He's going to bring you through this situation. I got faith. I'm praying big prayers. I'm praying big things over you. We're good at that, right? Because it doesn't involve our life. It doesn't involve our heartbreak. It doesn't involve our past of feeling let down. And yet when you get let down and when there's situations after situations, what do we start doing? We stop praying. We stop believing. We stop getting in the wheelbarrow. We stop depending. We know, we know he's capable, but we just don't know if he's going to do it. And this morning, faith is the confidence that what I hope for is actually going to happen. That doesn't mean that Jesus does everything you want. Hear me. That doesn't mean you get everything you want. Jesus, God is not your genie. He is not your bro. He is not your, your servant. He's your father. And your father knows what's best for you. And he knows the timing that's best for you. And so you may not have that new Porsche Cayenne. You may not have that new Range Rover. You may not have won the lottery even though you said you'd give 50% of it away. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But God knows what you need. And just like when my kids ask me for something and they're not annoying me, <laughs> um, but they're actually like really needing, I don't just zone out. I'm not like, whatever, kids, just get you something else to drink, you know? No, no, no. I'm attentive. I listen to them because I'm their dad, I'm their father. And your father, he listens, he, he's hearing you. And faith is saying, man, I, I, I put my life, I put my future, I put all my potential in your hands. And so for some of you, maybe the first step of getting into the whale barrel today is starting to pray again. Because it feels like your faith's been broken. For some of you, maybe, maybe the first, the next thing is, man, you just, you start doing what you know God has been asking you to do. And that urge and that sense that the thing that he's asking you to do isn't going away. And you're like, okay, okay, I'll finally step out and do it. For some of you, you know what? Maybe you feel called to ministry. Maybe you're called to be a missionary. For some of you, it's a new career. For some of you, it's do it, stop doing one thing and start engaging in the right thing. And that's you putting yourself in the wheelbarrow. But listen to me, faith is putting yourself in the wheelbarrow and having confidence and believing and understanding that God can get you from this side to the other side. That is faith, that you have confidence that he is able even when you're not able on your own. That's faith. The other thing that faith is, is that faith is understanding that faith is knowing God is waiting to respond. Faith is knowing that God is waiting to respond. Uh, a few weeks ago, we went to Longview, Texas for my niece's graduation. And um, this trip made me feel really old, not because my niece uh, graduated per se, but because of a certain thing that happened when we were in the hotel. When um, we finally get back and we fall asleep, um, somebody pulled the alarm at 
the wind, the wind star. I, wind, I keep saying the casino, the wind gate. Um, you're like, there's his addiction. He's a gambler at the casinos, wind star. <laughs> um, the wind gate. Um, and, and somebody pulled, it wasn't pulled the alarm. Somebody set off the fire alarm at midnight. And so you're having to evacuate. And it was hilarious because you evacuate. And we had some, some family, some friends that were staying on the other floor. And he came out and he's like, I know what happened. This guy was, these guys were smoking marijuana and like when they opened their door, like a whole poof of smoke came out and he was like, what, I'm showering. And I was like, yeah, whatever, big liar. Anyways, the next morning we, we, we evacuate, we come back. I had nothing to do with the story, but the next morning we get there and um, we need more towels. And I tell Chloe, I go, hey, Chloe, call, call the front desk and ask for more towels. And she's like, okay. And um, she goes, what do I do? I go, what, what do you mean? What do you do? She goes, well, where's the cell phone? I go, the phone on the desk. <laughs> she goes, I don't see a phone on the desk. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't see a phone on the desk. She goes, I see something with a bunch of wires on it. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? You don't know, and we got a long cord, because remember back in the 80s, if you had a long cord, you had privacy? You could, you know, it had this, this stringy thing, you could walk into your own room, you're like, okay, talk, now my parents can't hear me. And you would have to like unstring it after a while. My daughter did not know that this was a phone. How old does that make you feel right now? Oh, I feel so old, you're so old. My flower girl in our wedding is getting married this Saturday. I'm so freaking old right now. So crazy. Anyways, I tell her to dial zero. She's like, okay, I guess this is the phone if you say so, Dad. Um, and she dials the phone, and she doesn't know what's gonna happen. And so she's sitting there, and somebody, talk, you know, yes, may I help you? And she goes, ooh, well, hello. You know, she was, she was so shocked. I'm pretty sure she thought I was pulling a trick. She goes, well, well, hello, how are you? You know, and she just starts talking, and she thought it was the coolest thing that this thing was actually a phone, and that somebody would actually respond when she pushed zero, and she was like, well, hello. Oh, somebody's talking, you know, well, hello. And you know what? That's just how some of our prayer lives are. It really is. That's just how we think God operates. And when we pray, we think, oh, I don't. okay, if you say this works, Pastor, I'm gonna give it a go, but I don't know if anybody's listening on the other line. Well, you know, I've tried that before, Justin, and I didn't hear anything. I, I, I didn't get the response that I was wanting. I, I didn't, and so we, we throw Hail Marys up, you know what I'm talking about? God, if you, if you wanna do something about this, go ahead and do this. And instead of doing what Paul said about praying, not worrying about anything, but praying about everything, we do it the exact opposite. We worry about everything and we don't pray about anything because we don't have the faith to know that God is waiting to respond. But check out what Hebrew says in Hebrews 11, verse five through six, it says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. 
He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known, and I love this, this, this part, he was known as a person who pleased God. And verse six is so huge, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Listen to how the message reads, Hebrews 11, verse six. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists, and we're good at that part. We know God's there. We know he's capable. We know that, that he's able. We just don't know if he will. Both that we, we've got to know both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. I loved what Paul Harvey said. He said this. He said, if you don't live it, you don't really believe it. If you don't live it, you don't really believe it. And faith is, faith is knowing this, even if I have a sore back, <laughs> even if things aren't going my way, faith is understanding that, man, when I pray, I'm waiting for a response because I know God cares enough to respond back to me. It may not be the response you want, it may be wait. We don't do good with wait, do we? It may be not now. We don't do good, do good with not now, do we? We want it our way. We want to treat God like Burger King, but God's not Burger King. You don't get it your way. You don't. And so we have to understand that we have to wait on the response. That's why Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord. Those who tarry, those who wait for a response from the Lord, and you're still seeking him. This part of it, those who seek him, that means worshiping him. Not just praying, but you're living a life of worship, of going after, of seeking after God. That, that those who seek him, those who want to please God, seek him, and they don't just seek him, they don't just believe that he exists, but they understand that he cares enough to respond. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, that's, that's waiting. That's faith, is knowing that when you pray, when you seek God, when you're living a life of worship, that when you pray to God, he's on the other line waiting to respond to you. That's faith. That's why you can get in the wheelbarrow. And let me tell you, the reason you can get in the wheelbarrow the reason you can have faith, the reason you can know that God is waiting to respond to you is all based on our last point, and it is simply because you serve a you betcha God. You serve a you betcha God. Let me define you betcha. You betcha simply means, this is our redneck term, you got it or no problem. You got it or no problem. Now, when I was a youth pastor in Wichita Falls, what? Um, I got some Wichita Falls people here. There's not a bigger redneck place um, in Texas. I, I really don't believe there is. And um, at Wichita Falls, there was a sweet lady there named Bessie. But you said her name, Bessie. 
She said her name, Justin. I'd get a message from her on my phone um, with the answer machine that was tape. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Justin, this is Bessie. You know, um, that's, how, that's how she talked. And she had a daughter named Peggy. And she, she, Peggy was my first ever hospital visit. And I have a story that I can't tell you because of time and appropriateness, but it's hilarious. Um, but... Um, I went and saw her daughter, and Bessie appreciated it so much that she brought me banana pudding. Now, banana pudding is one of my favorite desserts. I mean, it's just, and Bessie made it with real Nella wafers. She didn't get the generic vanilla wa- Nella wafers. She got the real deal, and she made it with real banana. I mean, it was so good, and she came and brought it, and she didn't know that I liked banana pudding, and I looked at Bessie, and I go, Bessie, you are my girl, Bessie. And she just smiled, she's just teeny tiny, and I just took it, because that we were so poor, that was lunch and dinner that day for me and Casey. And we took it, and I was like, Bessie, I go, thank you for the banana pudding. It is my, one of my favorite things to eat. Thank you so much. And she just looked at me, and she goes, you betcha. And I go, what? And she goes, you betcha. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And she goes, you betcha. And I'm like, oh, you betcha. No problem. You got it. And can I tell you, that's the type of God you serve. Is a, it, nothing is a problem for it. You got it. That's who God is. When, when we read the New Testament, Jesus tells us to be like a child in our faith, right? But how quickly we get away from being a child and having that childlike faith. And so I want us to return to not the songs we sang, but what some of our kids grew up listening to, a very deep theological uh, uh, just session out of the Veggie Tales. And it simply says this, the song that my kids sang, that your kids are starting to sing and probably don't sing anymore because my kids are getting old and I'm getting older. Um, But it simply said this, my God is so big. So strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the rivers are his, the stars are his handiwork too. Poo, poo, poo. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And that's the, that's the song my kids sing, you know, and that's a song we heard. But can I tell you, that song is true. You serve a you betcha God, and some of us need to go back and realize my God is so big. He's so strong, and he's so mighty. There's simply nothing he can't do. And when I realize the character of God does not change because of my situation, but he is still strong, and he is still mighty, and there's nothing he can't do, then my whole world starts to change, and my faith starts to change. Here's what God says. Can God forgive you, you betcha. John 3, 16 and 17 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have life everlasting. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. 1 John 1, 9 says this, that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. Is God able to forgive you from your sin? No matter how bad you've been, no matter how bad you've messed up, you betcha. Can God help, get, help you get past your past? You betcha. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, forget the former things.
things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 through 18 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, your past is past, you remember it no more, the old life is gone and a new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Can God handle your brokenness? You betcha. Psalms 147.3 says, he heals the broken and hearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Psalm 73.26 says, my flesh and my heart, they may fail me. My, my health may go. I may be depressed. I may be discouraged, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can God heal your body? You bet. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Is God bigger than your fears and what's the what-ifs in your life? You betcha. Psalms 34.4 says, I pray to the Lord. Lord, and he answered me, and he freed me from all of my fears. Psalms 27 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 56 3 through 4 says, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me. Isaiah 41, 13 says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says, do not fear. I will help you. Can God give you peace when all hell is breaking loose? You betcha. You got it. No problem. 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Psalm Isaiah 26, 3. You keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all who thoughts are fixed on you. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can you count on God? Is God capable? Is he able? You betcha. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, so be strong and courageous. I don't care what your present situation is. Be strong and courageous. I don't care what he's asked you to be or asked you to do. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and don't panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you and I will neither fail you nor abandon you. Matthew 19 26 says Jesus looked at them 
and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 17, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Ephesians 3, 20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen you serve it you bet you God you serve a no problem God you serve it you got it God no matter what your situation is remember your God is so big he's so strong and he's so mighty there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing that your God cannot do so pick up the phone and call get on your knees and start praying and seek and be a worshiper because he's waiting to respond because there's nothing too big there's nothing too great for God that that he's so big and so strong and so mighty, you can get in the wheelbarrow for the rest of your life and depend that he's gonna get you on the other side. You serve a you betcha God. And because of that, you can have a you betcha faith. You got it. No problem. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's ahead, you got a you betcha God. I got a you betcha faith. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Believe, belong, become. Join in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. and our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more about us or to get plugged in, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.